Welcome to Beyond Food and Wine, a Le Cordon Bleu podcast. In this podcast, we get some real insight into the food and hospitality industry from a variety of renowned chefs, industry experts, and Le Cordon Bleu alumni. Join us as we hear the fascinating stories and unique experiences behind some of the best known names in the industry. Hello and welcome. Today I'm delighted to be joined by alumni and baker Georgia Green. Georgia, thank you so much for joining us today. Thank you so much for having me. Such an honour to be on this podcast. It's it's absolutely our pleasure and our honour. You know, it's so lovely to welcome alumni back and catch up on what they've been doing. Um, and, you know, we are very excited to explore that with you today. Me too. So, Georgia, can you first of all tell us a little bit about your background for those who aren't aware of your career and your journey? Just tell us a little bit about what brought you to the career that you have now. Wow, I'll try and summarise it. Um, (laughs) I would say I am essentially a cake maker, cake designer Mm -hmm. um, who started off at Le Cordon Bleu. Um, went into working in a couple of places, then started selling cakes privately, opened my business, Georgia's Cakes, in 2015, sold cakes to clients, weddings, um, other celebrations, then opened a YouTube channel, got into teaching, um, taught in-person group workshops, and carried on my online content, YouTube, Instagram, etc. Um, which is fast forwarding to today, where I would actually say I'm a cake designer and cake mentor and mm. tutor as well. Um, I'm I'm known as Georgia's Cakes, even though <laughs> I'm Georgia Green. <laughs> um, but the the name stuck, and that's how people refer me to, even if they meet me face to face. Um, very quick summary. <laughs> No, that's yeah it's a lot it's a lot to explore and um I think it's quite interesting as we don't see too many um who have gone down the sort of YouTube route in our alumni specifically and I wonder do you think that that is the future not necessarily YouTube specifically but obviously video in general and TikTok and those sorts of platforms um, I think maybe you were slightly ahead of your time with that. Um, and do you think that's kind of, is that what you're telling your mentees that they really need to do is kind of do the video content? I think it's a really good question because someone asked me the other day, like, are you still doing what you love doing? Mm. And I'm essentially more a video editor than ever anything at the moment but that's the path that I decided and I excelled in and I kind of I guess Mm. I fell into as well um I know once someone has professional training one would want to go and work in a working kitchen restaurant Mm. bakery hotel open something themselves um which is definitely more on the physical side however nowadays I think I, I don't know what percentage we're talking about, but most mm. of the marketing and part of the job is definitely through these online social channel, channels. Yeah. And I think it's a must have um, 
fortunately and unfortunately some people some people may find it more natural to do while yeah. others may have to like hire it externally and obviously it's like this extra expense that they weren't thinking about mm. originally mm. etc um so I'm not saying you have to be a YouTube star in order to make it in this field at all <laughs> but if you did want to open a business or excel in the field it's worth it's almost worth having it as a more of a portfolio more than anything yeah. which is actually how my Instagram started it was my portfolio of work mm -hmm. it's just a bit different now yeah absolutely I think that's exactly right if you want to build any kind of brand for yourself then you know the social side of things is an absolute must-have and you know it's absolutely okay to just you know work somewhere and be an amazing pastry chef or, or chef mm -hmm. or cake decorator or whatever but establishing your own brand it's a requirement that you know you need to kind of understand that marketing side of things exactly I mean it's an incredible tool like yeah absolutely I I have put money behind social media every now and then to boost certain things but in general yeah. it's a free tool you obviously yeah. have to put the work in um and it's it it's how I got to where I am today absolutely well thank you for being quite candid about that I appreciate that now moving on a little bit I would just love to know what brought you to the decision to come to Le Cordon Bleu specifically so let's rewind <laughs> I think <laughs> I think it's been 10 years since I actually left which sounds crazy um, yes, I checked. It was uh, you graduated in 2013, which does yes. seem like it's too long ago, but it's not wow. that long ago, really. Well, it isn't. It isn't. I still feel the age that I left the school, to be <laughs> honest. Um, but let's go before that. So, I I've come from a very artistic background um, mm. in my family. It started with my grandma was actually an artist and a dressmaker. Wow. Um, my mom is by training a graphic designer. Um, my dad's an architect, my sister's um, a fashion designer. So art and artistic things were very much present in my upbringing. Mm -hmm. And luckily I in inherited the talent as well. Mm -hmm. um, the, I guess the issue with when you're, when you're an artist is there's so many different paths you can take. Um, it's yeah. not just you're an artist, you paint paintings there's hundreds of fields that you can go into and all under the same umbrella. Yeah. Um, so what I found during school is that I excelled in art and maths. And mm. because my dad was an architect, I thought it would be the sensible decision to oh. become an architect. Um, mm. The only issue is that I couldn't care less about buildings. <laughs> <laughs> I think I could appreciate the beauty of an old building and mm. appreciate the crazy new design or something modern but to start yeah. learning about light fittings and learning for seven years was not really my passion let's mm. say um so what I ended up doing was an art foundation year which I did in Leeds College of Arts um and for those listening and don't know what an art foundation is, it's basically a year before uni, after school, um, after you finish sixth form, um, mm -hmm. where you can kind of explore a few different fields within the art um, 
industry and then specialize in one. So I got to Leeds and I was exposed to, um, I can't actually remember the different groups, but there's like fine arts, there's des- mm-hmm. like technology, not design technology, I'm thinking of school now, but you know, more graphic <laughs> design, that was it, graphic design, and then there's the fashion, but within those, there are so many different avenues, like for example, yeah, fine art could be sculpturing, it could be painting, it could be, and then fashion, it's fashion design, costume, textiles. Uh, graphics you've got digital you've got and all sorts anyway so I was like I think I was overwhelmed yeah um but what I ended up I I did try fashion and I'm just like it it just doesn't come as natural to me um and I ended up in like the, the the graphic area and my issue when it comes to art is that I'm very I I draw very cartoon like I always draw cartoons and everything's got a big thick black outline and make it very caricature-esque if that's a word um anyway and I was thinking okay well a few months into the course you kind of have to decide what you do to what start working on your final project and then um I think at the same time my mum actually bought me a book on animation and stop motion Mm -hmm. and I started to realize also being with in Leeds um and reading through this book I was like oh my gosh animation is actually a job and a career Uh and at the time I was like oh my god can you imagine if I like get a job at Disney that would just be (laughs) the best thing ever anyway moving swiftly on I ended up specializing in animation funnily enough my final project at Leeds was um, me presenting a cooking show and all the food is animated so oh. it was this like twisted I kind of went towards the dark humor which isn't actually very mm. me but like I, I made like a lemon tart and I was like now you grate the lemon and then the gr- the <laughs> lemon grating was like screaming and like I was torturing this food I don't really know how I got there um anyway <laughs> but it was it was kind of this like funny contrast of like this perfect home cook and then like your yeah. torture anyway so I thought I think it's funny to reflect on that now because I'm like oh that's actually exactly what I do now but obviously just with real food and not animation yeah. <laughs> um anyway so I got I finished my foundation and then got a place at um the University of Arts London in I've gone blank it's the one in Elephant and Castle can't remember my gosh I've gone blank it's not Camberwell Okay, we can skip that bit. <laughs> so I got, I got um, a place at the University of Arts London um, to do animation. And mm. my first day there, um, I think it was a bit of a shock. There was four girls and 15 to 20 boys. Wow. And most, yeah, most people were gamers. Right. Um, yeah. And it kind of made me realise what the animation world is actually all about it's not Disney princesses and Disneyland Mm, it's like actually like you have to be very good at computers because obviously everything is on computer now um long gone are the days of hand-drawn animations you can Mm. do some sort of stop motion you know like even Wallace and Gromit for example that started off with plasticity but now it's all computer animated Mm. um so there were a couple of fine artists there, which I really appreciated their work. Anyway, so it kind of shocked me from day one. And I guess it started there where I was like, well, I'm here. What can I do to kind of make this time go enjoyably? I must 
look for other things to do at the same time. Yeah. <laughs> and started cooking and baking, kind of continuing from my animation. It was never like a big part of my life. It's not like I can say that I baked all my life. Yeah. Um, I did things here and there. I used to do baking with my younger brother and sister just to like, as an afternoon activity, but it wasn't mm -hmm. like from scratch. It started of those, you know, like the instant mixes in that you can get in the supermarket oh, yeah. in the box. Yeah. Um, and like, oh, they saw a Thomas the Tank Engine cupcakes. Okay, let's do that this <laughs> afternoon. <laughs> um, anyway, and then I, I guess like also with watching like things like MasterChef, Bake Off, I started to really enjoy watching food being made and then I decided mm. to create it myself on the side of my animation course it got to like halfway through the first year where I was almost dreading in dreading going in every day mm. and one of my friends at the time was um said Georgia like you don't seem very happy and I was like well no like I don't really want to be here and I asked her like do you like it she's like I love it I can't wait to come in every day oh, and I was wow. like ah okay something has to be done. <laughs> I'm yeah. obviously not in the right place. Anyway, so I can't actually remember where I found Bordeaux or where I had heard of it, but I, may, I think I signed up to a newsletter and then I got an email or something in the post about an open day, kind mm. of around the same time. And I was like, huh, I'm going to go. Like, why not? Let's just see. Anyway, mm. I remember the... I remember I had to be at college that day and I, I officially bunked a day <laughs> to go to Cordoba and I walked in and I think, again, I think very cartoon-like, like my eyes popped out, my jaw dropped <laughs> on the floor and like that was my face the whole time walking around the school. I was just like, I can't believe this world exists and I can't believe that like there is an option to do this as a career and I remember going through the school and like walking past the windows and seeing the working kitchens and then mm. watching a demonstration with the reflective mirrors yeah. um, to, so the, uh, the audience can see what's going on. And I like got this thrill that I had never experienced in anything I had done to this point. Mm. Um, the only issue here was that I kind of changed my mind a hundred times by this point. Sure. Um, <laughs> I had to face telling my parents that I like, really wasn't happy and I wanted to change again mm -hmm. but I managed to convince them and I sought out the year at animation just in my mind I'm like I want to complete something and so I didn't get a degree or anything but I, I did a year and yeah. to me that was good enough um and then enrolled to Cordon Bleu basic patisserie <laughs> and I only enrolled for the basic course at first because I didn't want too long a commitment just yes. in case based on my previous decision yes. making um but pretty much never looked back since that first day and uh, yeah Fantastic. that's my story to get to the school that's wonderful I mean it's horrible that you kind of went through you know that that experience of being so unhappy with what you've chosen to do and I think probably it does happen to a lot of people and you know it's just so fortunate that you did end up finding your niche and and the way that you you know could express yourself um the way you wanted to yeah I think I was very lucky to have realized it at the time yeah. um I'm also I guess lucky because it was I don't think age I think you can go into it at any age to be honest yeah. um in my in my class at the school there was all sorts of 
people from all sort all walks of life mm. um but I think I was lucky that I hadn't you know gone to uni for three years done a degree and then made the decision and it kind of like just delayed yeah. the process a little bit more um but yeah I it was the best decision best decision <laughs> good well, well I'm glad to hear it mm. um so obviously you had the kind of artistic flair um and you just needed that that kind of create you know the edge with your skill set do you, you so do you think that your time at Le Cordon Bleu filled that gap for you absolutely I think it I think I hadn't done anything like it before mm. I think I was still somewhat trying to find my niche in the art world yeah um and to do it with food was just a bonus and mm. I guess you can you can create things and specifically patisserie because obviously savory food can also look beautiful but I think patisserie yeah. just has this extra artistic touch to it in my mind yeah. um and you also have like the creativity and the eye I guess yeah um and I think during the course I found my creative flair and mm. that's how I was able to express my creativity um and I always have to say it's for me because obviously everyone's different. <laughs> yeah, um, absolutely. Someone who's amazing at fine arts may not find that in baking a cake or doing something patisserie related. But anyway, so for me, it, it just fits so well. Yeah, I think what's so interesting about um, cakes and creativity and there's so much, you know, you can do with that as a medium is that it's an expression of all of the above or everything we've you've mentioned previously architecture fashion you know fine art even you know sculptural elements mm -hmm. you can do it with you know with the, the the sponges and the chocolate and the sugar arts and all of yeah. you know, any any of that kind of um any, any of those tools any of those materials you can kind of fit it into those categories um exactly maybe that's what makes it yeah, such a great medium and so good for you specifically because you have all of these different influences coming from different sides, different parts of your life and your family, um, and you're kind of able to incorporate all of them. I don't know. What do you think? <laughs> yeah, no, I totally agree. Um, and I think that's what makes this world so exciting is that the possibilities are truly endless. Mm. Like at the moment, I'm playing around with like paintings with buttercream, and I'm using a yeah. palette knife, and I'm like a part of me actually wants to try the same technique with paint on a canvas and see how, you know, I'm colour matching, I'm creating textures, I'm really understanding mm. the materials being used. Like I said before, it just so happens to be edible, which is the fun <laughs> bit. Um, and when you're talking about sculpturing, like I actually went to a ceramics class and I was sculpturing with clay and I've fallen oh. in love with that now and then I actually applied it to cake because I, I found a consistency of ganache that you can kind of sculpt with wow. blushed it with a bronze powder and I did this figurine of a woman out of cake and I was mm -hmm. like this is just and like it's just I have so much fun with exploring new things and mm. I think that's why yeah, that's why I haven't got bored of it essentially yeah <laughs> absolutely I mean what do you think of the um is it real or is it cake trend <laughs> so I I love it and I love watching it because I don't do that sort of cake yeah, those yeah. sort of cakes um 
funnily enough, I actually started off with sugar paste and fondant um especially mm. after learning it at the school because I think we did like a two-day class of cake decorating and we did yeah. um on our I remember the fruit cake with and I did two tiers because I didn't have a partner so oh, they allowed me to make two <laughs> everyone else only did one um Fantastic. and I did I did a few flowers and then I kind of presumed that's what cakes were um mm. well we're talking 10 years ago as well so well, exactly, kind of what yeah. Yeah, we were still very much used to like the very novelty cakes, which are still, I suppose, somewhat in fashion. That if a if a five year old wants a frozen themed cake, it's usually mm. made of fondant um, and all the modelling and everything. And when I started to make cakes for people, I automatically went down the fondant route. Um, yeah. But that didn't come naturally to me and it yeah. was only like after about a year of playing around and then kind of revisiting what I had learned at the school did I then create a more unique style without fondant and just using buttercream and mm. um, I wouldn't say ingredients the decorations were like edible decorations things like mm. I made macarons because I learned them at school I made meringue kisses I used fresh flowers or torched Italian meringue and mm. that's kind of how I developed my style initially. Yeah, just a kind of, you know, amalgamation of all the various different techniques that you learned. And I love I love that style of cake. I think it's really nice with the, you know, all the little touches. And my, my preference is not I don't particularly rate the kind of fondant. I think you have to be very, very good to make fondant look good on a cake. Yes. Um, and a yeah. lot of people don't have that knack. No shade but just <laughs> no shame. an observation it, it's very you know what it's, it's really difficult to work mm. with and I give it to the people who use it because I don't have the patience and that's why I didn't go down that mm. route because it's not that I'm scared of a challenge trust me Kate decorating <laughs> as a whole is probably one of the hardest things to do but um you know it, it, it didn't come naturally to me and yeah. I didn't want to produce work that I wasn't satisfied with I no, think that's how I took myself away from that but you can get gorgeous fondant cakes don't get me wrong but oh, for me it felt yeah. more natural natural to do the buttercream way absolutely so before we move on to the, the to the, the the big news I just <laughs> want to quickly ask you um about your celebrity your a-list clients that you've had <sighs> and what that was like and you know when you kind of were first approached to do a kind of high profile client cake were you quite rattled by that or or was it just kind of like business as usual <laughs> it's actually a good question um because I don't get I would say phased slash nervous from mm. big celebrities I think yeah if I'm a fan girl of someone I'll get excited yeah but for example um my first one of the first cakes I did when I was actually doing fondant went ended up being served to Cara Delevingne and I think that was my big <laughs> I'd say the big break at the beginning um mm. and it all happened at a good time um Instagram was kind of up and coming I got on there quite quickly hence the name Georgia's Cakes it was made in a rush because I had to open an account and I didn't know what to call it so right. I was just like uh Georgia's Cakes and then it stuck <laughs> um my younger sister, who's four years younger than me, um, mm. told me about Instagram. I didn't actually know about it. And she was explaining what a hashtag was and how mm. to tag people. And 
I must have had about 10 cakes on my page at the time um, before I got asked to do the cake for Cara. And mm. I think because I was just like focused on building my own business up, I still had um, a full time job at a cafe and I was doing cakes on the side. Um, but this job came through, um, well, now my brother-in-law's sister, mm-hmm. um, she worked in fashion. She was working at a PR agency and they were doing this event for DKNY featuring Cara. There's a mm-hmm. long trail of connections <laughs> and she just jumped at the opportunity. She was like, Georgia, this will be amazing. We can get Cara to tag you. And I was like, <laughs> I was a bit like, who's Cara? What's tag? <laughs> and I was like, oh, Cara is this like massive famous model everyone and I was like oh no I think I've seen her in an ad you know I'm I was very much like in my kitchen in my own world I'm not really like following the how I do now because social media wasn't as it is now um anyway so I made a cake you know and it was a difficult cake it was like in the shape of a jacket which was one of the the products of the line right um and to be honest, looking back on it, I can't believe I served that to Cara because I could do so much better now. <laughs> but um, nevertheless, I, I made the cake. I remember, I remember, I've actually just had a flashback. I drove, I was in a cab mm. and because I was still kind of new to decorating, I didn't have a box big enough. And so oh, I took this cake in my hands in the cab. And like, I don't know how it got there, um, but it did. And the one thing which my sister kept saying, just going, make sure you're the one to give it to her and make sure she writes your name down, like your Instagram. Mm-hmm. And I did. It was like uh, lots of paparazzi at this event. I think only a certain amount of people were able to come. She came in and then the girl who got me the job basically said, like, come now. And I, I literally presented Cara with this cake. And there is actually a photo of her face when she saw it which is great (laughs) and then um it was kind of rush 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 and I was like can you tag me and I didn't even believe what I was saying because I didn't I didn't still really understand the concept yeah "Yeah." and she she whipped out her phone wrote my name down and that was it and I was like okay I've done my bit and then actually what happened is she went upstairs in the shop and I was able to follow her with the cake and cut her a piece Mm. and she took a photo of me cutting the slice out of the cake and that was the photo she then later that day put up on her own Instagram and at the wow, time I think yeah. she had like three million followers which was a lot back then yeah, yeah. I think now she's like hundreds of millions or whatever mm. and um that day I jumped from like 400 followers to like 8,000 so much so my phone actually ran out of battery because of the notifications <laughs> <laughs> um and so that was the first jump that was the first first celebrity client you know I guess looking back it was a lot of pressure and she believe it or not she did actually eat the cake (laughs) models eat cake and um, I yeah and I had that boost and then I had all of a sudden had all these followers to kind of look after slash show off my work um promote myself Mm. and so I kind of had quite a, a quick fast track start in the world of Instagram back then and it just continued it just continued from there um which led to even more opportunities and um I did I did lots of work with um quite high-end brands um who I mean there's actually quite a few and just like for example when Lancome 
wanted to promote one of their lipsticks they ordered a few cakes from me that went out to certain people um and they were constantly sharing the photos and tagging me on instagram so and this happened a few times during the years um but it was it was very much like still order cakes from georgia to go out um less about me more about my cakes which yeah. then changed later on um and then in 2018 this is the this is like the big one I just got this email going we uh, I'm looking for a cake to be made I can't tell you more than that unless you sign an NDA <laughs> and then all I noticed was the email was from someone with the signature of Fenty the beauty brand which is by Rihanna yeah. And I, te- yeah. <laughs> and I was just like, oh, my God, I think I'm about to be asked to make a cake for Rihanna. And <laughs> it, it was exactly that. They, they wanted to provide her with a cake to celebrate the year anniversary of her brand. And she was actually yeah. living in London at the time. And I basically made an X-shape cake, um, mm. but it was still in my style. It had like rose gold drips. It had macarons. It had pink chocolate ruffles. I put flowers mm. on it. It was actually a really beautiful cake. And I delivered it to this house. I obviously wasn't allowed to share the address with anyone. I wasn't allowed mm. to post it until, in inverted commas, Rihanna was going to post it herself. So for, I think it took like two or three weeks of me literally waiting by my phone. And then yeah. <laughs> I was like, well, is she going to post it or not? You know, that wasn't part of the contract because they can't really control, I don't think they can control what she can post. But what happened mm. is I think one of Rihanna's cousins or some relations uploaded a photo of her cutting into this cake on her story and someone screenshot it and that photo started to circulate the internet. And then mm. this is where I was like, okay, this is cool. Someone sent me that photo saying is this your cake because I obviously have quite a distinct style and I thought wow the fact that someone I think she was even in America saw that photo of Rihanna cutting into this cake and go oh that's a Georgia cake I'm like yeah yeah I I think I've made my mark in the industry now (laughs) um so unfortunately Rihanna didn't tag me but I was obviously Uh able to share the fact that I had made a cake for her and um just that you know the honour of making a cake for Rihanna is uh, who cares if she tagged me or not like it would have been nice but well absolutely yeah no you know it's just great that you were you were asked and I mean what what fantastic timing for you to be utilizing Instagram just as that was kind of taking over and becoming what everyone was using as well and before you know it got sort of oversaturated too you know I'm sure you would have found a way to make your mark but just kind of you know it's 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 wonderful when all the kind of you know everything falls into place like that and you know obviously you have to think about all the hard work that is around all those kind of things falling into place but it's just fantastic and what an amazing journey you've had so far yeah it's been it's been a fun one that's good that's good that helps a lot I'm sure (laughs) Speaking of making your mark and moving from being Georgia's Cakes to Georgia Green, you have recently published your first book, which is very exciting. And I have luckily had a chance to look through a copy and it's beautiful, absolutely beautiful book. And I would just love to hear 
what that has been like for you and kind of you know how long it took and what was what were some of the challenges what was what surprised you about the process yeah um I mean I still can't believe I have a book really and like I'm, I'm currently looking at a pile of them and I'm like I still can't believe my name is on there um I I suppose it, the process I could say was for the last 10 years I think as soon as I started baking I just had this like goal in mind oh one day I'd love a book I wouldn't yeah. I, at that point I didn't know what kind of book it would be etc but I could I looked up to all like the big names the Mary Berry Nigella even Delia and I'm just like I want to be one of them <laughs> like yeah, that, that's yeah. kind of the direction I want to be going in and I think that um, a book has a sort of sense of permanence doesn't it like you know yes very much so black and, and white I, my name on paper kind of you know that yeah. sort of thing yeah and obviously times have changed and I think books in general not just cooking books but books in general mm. have changed in the whole market um, but I really appreciate them I think there's again there's an artistry behind a book um especially especially cooking or food related um so when it actually got more realistic let's say so about I'd say about four years ago maybe even five years ago um I have an agent in London James who we've worked together the last five five or six years and Mm -hmm. I said to him on our first meeting that I want to book out. It was it was one of my things, as well as paid partnerships on social media, etc. Um, I I want to book, and so it was kind of this casual chat with the people he knew about a book by Georgia. Now, what I had also, and I'll I'll rush through this book. It's not so much part of the book process, um, but what mm. I have developed in the last few years is isn't recipes. Uh, funny mm. enough, my my cake recipe came from one of those recipes that was on the side of a flower pack it is a standard <laughs> I, I call it a sponge cake recipe people say you know oh, it's a pound cake it's a this cake it's a, mm-hmm. it's a it's a equal amount flour butter sugar with four eggs kind of thing but it's the technique yeah. that I use which I developed myself and obviously how to adapt it and I have all these certain tricks and things that I do but the cake itself is a standard tasty cake nothing too special Mm, um but it never fails and I think that's that's the idea and um so I I didn't want to make a recipe book with 80 cake recipes because I think Mm. firstly there's this idea of if you find a good recipe and learn how to adapt it that's enough um Mm. and secondly it was about the decorating and I think what's important to note is that there's just within patisserie or uh, baking let's say there are so many mm-hmm. different avenues as with everything even with cakes yeah. there's different avenues you can do more baked cakes like a cheesecake or brownies those kind of things you can do the fondant yeah. cakes like we've already spoken about or you can do decorated cakes of buttercream and mm-hmm. over the last few years obviously that's what I specialized in and it has become the more popular thing and I've yet to see before my book a book that really teaches you how to decorate cake. So any baking book mm. out there may have cake designs in, but a lot of them just say, so put the buttercream on the cake, smooth it out until you're happy. And, yeah. I, and I have a whole chapter on how to smooth out buttercream. So just anyway, <laughs> so I'm just, I know I'm jumping, but this idea of how to create beautiful cakes rather than 
a recipe book was kind of this idea that I was going down. It's what my YouTube's about. I guess it's what my Instagram is about, as well as the finished project. Pro, sorry, as well as the finished project. Ah, can't speak. As well as the finished product, <laughs> um, it's how to. And also, like I mentioned at the beginning, I, I've been teaching for the last few years as well. And mm. I teach the techniques. And it's all about the techniques. It's giving someone the skill of how to do this. And once you have mm. all these skills, you can then find your own designs or find your own creativity within that. Um, yeah. Anyway, so I said to James that I wanted this book, but it's not another baking book like big letters not another baking book it's going to be a technique step-by-step how-to so he started speaking with publishers literacy agents and um everyone said the same thing the baking book market is very saturated um especially with the bake-off so the bake-off whoever wins the bake-off obviously gets a book and then they also do a bake-off book like from all the recipes in the in the series um then you have other people who necessarily haven't won, but who come from that. So it's very much mm. dominated by a lot of these people. And also, like, you'll get all the um, the Mary Berry books out, um, Nadia as well now. Um, mm-hmm. So there's lots of baking books going on. And I just kept saying the same thing. I was like, but it's not a baking book. It's <laughs> yeah. going to be a step-by-step. Anyway, so that just that process, of finding a publisher who is interested took two years um funnily enough when we got the um the agreement with pavilion it was actually in the middle of covid or like coming kind of coming out so that's how long it actually took and by then I had written a proposal um stressed a hundred times that this isn't this isn't you know uh, this isn't another recipe book this is a Mm. step-by-step I want it to be a masterclass. I want someone to be referring to this and like as a how-to book as well as being a beautiful book I I kind of went down the I want it to be a coffee table book rather than a book that Mm. you have open in your kitchen that gets splatters of batter on it yeah Um, yeah so anyway so just just getting a publisher took some time obviously it helped in those years I grew my following even more um Facebook YouTube and Instagram Mm. I think Combined, I think I'm over a million now, which is crazy. Wow. Um, that is crazy. <laughs> yeah, like I always think, like imagine all those people standing in front of you. That's a lot of people. It <laughs> <laughs> would be terrifying. Anyway, yeah. Um. So they 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 agreed. They um we signed with Pavilion, and what was amazing about the writing process, and I think it's very different to, I don't want to say the average baking book sounding in a negative way but I mean the average making book um is I wasn't recipe testing it's not like okay now I want to make yeah. this sort of chocolate cake let's try out 10 10,000 different recipes um mm. I knew my stuff and so I just basically poured all my knowledge in my brain onto paper mm. and the I think the only things which look it, it changed quite a few times as I was writing it was uh how much to include um how much detail to go into um for example like one of my signature decorations about five or six years ago was like a salted caramel popcorn and then what I actually started to realize is that "Mm, the popcorn actually gets soft after a while um Mm. I think I actually I may not even be using that in a few years so let's not include that in the book just as an example um 
and obviously also leaving room for one day book number two three etc who knows (laughs) (laughs) um but I I just sat down and I was able to write it and I think for me that I can't remember the last time I had to sit down and write probably school Mm. because having (laughs) done exams um and I had to I think the process of me writing it was a few months rather than I know you hear about people writing for years and years especially recipe mm. books with testing um but yeah, yeah I think it was I think five to six months I had it written and then um it was well for me it was just natural and I feel like because mm. like I said I wanted this from day one I was like oh finally and it was like this release of putting it on paper well on the computer obviously not writing on paper yeah. but <laughs> um anyway so had it done and then I met with the design team and I remember going to it started off with like a few Pinterest boards who I like what I don't like and I very Mm. quickly said I like you know the soft pastel feels very warm Mm. very welcoming um I know there's a big fashion at the moment for like that old school photography style like with very harsh lighting and shadows I don't know if you know what I'm referring to but like it's very stylistic and I love looking at other people's work who does that but like it's not me I want it to reflect me my brand what I built up and so they had a few they actually had a a book which I which I ended up taking from them of how to make paper flowers and I Mm. loved the almost calmness of the book Mm. I I don't know if that that makes sense it's just it's a joy to read whether you're going to make the flowers or not yeah and um again going back to like this idea this isn't just for cake decorators this is for people who like looking at pretty things <laughs> um, um anyway so got the uh, got my first draft in and I think the only changes were um more like logistical things you know I may have said vanilla pod once and vanilla paste and you know changing that yeah, but sure. in general it was kind of quite quick from when I submitted the first draft to the final sign off um Mm. and then we had a nine day photography shoot straight and the beauty of the book is like it's um it's a journey you start off Mm -hmm. with the sponge and then the buttercream with fillings then you do the layering then you do the crumb coat then you do a, a smooth outer coat of buttercream and then you get to the decorations and then designs so Mm. On our shoots, uh, we worked our way through the book. So again, it wasn't like this, um, you had to squeeze 10 recipes in a day sort of thing. On day yeah. one, we baked. Day two, we did the buttercream and the fillings. Then we actually managed to do a crumb coat as well. We were like really ahead of schedule. It was only that last day, obviously everyone's last day of a book. It's just like, you have to get everything done there and then. Yeah, of course. Um, as well as the cover as well. Mm. Um, that was probably... That was the only day I think we started and finished at the time that was written. <laughs> All the other days we all left early. <laughs> they were like, God, this is easy. And and it, and I think I think I was so it was I was buzzing the whole time. I remember mm. um Sam who uh Sam Harris who photographed the book, um, his first image I think was me cutting paper for lining a tin. And mm. I couldn't stop staring at this photo. It was just like the <laughs> lighting, the color. I've never had this experience before. And I was just mm. upset. Like he took this photo of like just to test lighting of like a literally a piping bag. <laughs> and I was like, that is just 
the most beautiful photo <laughs> oh, and it just continued and um and then from the shoot which was the end of August 2022 it was last year yeah. if I'm not mistaken no sorry was it last year it was 2022 it was that I did the shoot sorry year before oh god you know what <laughs> now now it's all one no 2022 yes sorry 2022 I finished the shoot in August and then it was like you have this six months of silence when it's mm. gone to print no you see sorry you see, you do see the point the final um pages digitally and then you have the silence and yeah. then it was only in Ju- June I think I got my first hard copy and then it officially published in the UK in July wow. so it's like a roller coaster of emotions excitement <laughs> intense work and then waiting and it, I really enjoyed it I think it was just an amazing experience and like I genuinely cried when I got my first copy because I think <laughs> it had been such a intense and long process yeah um, absolutely it's just more than I can ever imagined it was and the feedback has just been amazing wonderful well so you know so lovely to hear how that all came about and it sounds amazing sounds like a really good good time and you know it really is such a, a fantastic looking book and Thank you know you. and I think that what is nice and I kind of you know we've we've kind of touched on what people can expect from the book it's very much a a cake decorating book and not a, a not a recipe book although there are recipes for the you know, elements in there yes um but what I took away from it is that I'm not a cake maker or a cake decorator you know that that's quite scary for me because I don't feel confident but I do feel like with the style of your book that even someone like me could definitely create a cake that looks good you know I think that it, it it's it does the job it definitely does the job and I just wanted kind of you know if there's anything specific you hope that people take away from your book yeah I mean I think exactly that and I think as well there's hmm, there's this I think there's this idea that cake decorating it is very accessible anyone can decorate mm-hmm. a cake anyone can bake a cake but I think you can't ignore how difficult the the skill is um mm. so and I think what I try and do is say every step of the way it's okay if this happens mm. it's okay if this happens you can hide it with this you could do this you could try again next time and that's what it's all about and I think with social media you can go on and see a time lapse or an edited vote photo or someone clicking and a sponge cake becomes this beautiful three-story wedding cake <laughs> and it's not that simple yeah. <laughs> and I think what I've done in the book is really explain and separate every single step um and explain it as clearly as possible mm. so yes if, you, if you're saying that you can't you're not a baker but actually maybe just try the simple sponge see mm. how you get on and then mm. maybe you can try making your own jam and see how that turns out yeah. you know so it's it's not like you have to bake this whole recipe and from start to finish yeah so yeah. it is in stages um and also I've done six final designs of, of uh, in the book and 
the first design is a naked cake which is essentially a refined crumb coat with some mm. flowers on and like that's kind of the more accessible one and I've already got people saying like I've never baked a cake I've used your book and also my tutorials online and, like I can't believe I've made this layered cake that's standing up um but I do think that it's you you do need equipment and yeah. you do need uh to invest mm, and there's mm. there are some shortcuts you can take and others you can't like yeah if someone doesn't have a stand mixer for example which mm. I know not everyone has it's an expensive item etc yeah. um you're probably not going to get to the same meringue consistency as you would with one and it's yeah. up, like someone has to decide how important it is for them to do this seriously or not and you know but for example you don't need the most expensive cake boards or palette knives as long as yeah. it's the thing, it's a relatively good shape for example mm. I would I would say go go metal over plastic um mm. but you know um so yeah that I just want people to not be afraid and yeah. for someone for all levels to appreciate the book pretty much yeah yeah it's a, it's a you know it is really it's very accessible very approachable and I think that you know the 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 imagery of the final designs that you've included make you want to make them <laughs> yeah oh that's nice to hear <laughs> yeah I just think that's fabulous I wish I you know I want to I want to try that um and probably you know it will take a while to 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 get to the point where you're doing all of the various different kind of um decorations for the more detailed designs but you know you can get there with your book you know that's yeah. what's so lovely about it really good um so what what do you think is a highlight from your point of view from the book i think oh um I think just it's for me it's like just finally having what I had in mind down on yeah. paper and it just I I had something in mind but it's even more beautiful than what I had in mind that's good. well <laughs> um, when you exceed your own expectations that's just wonderful yeah. I, th I think it's that I think um I think the imagery is just amazing mm, and beautiful. I still look at it and I'm like and like I know they're my cakes and I don't want to be I, I'm saying it because the, <laughs> the whole style from the fonts that's been chosen, yeah. you know, obviously I, I, I preferred certain fonts than others, but to put it together yeah. as, and um, have it, have it just pre presented the way it has been. Mm. I just like, mm. I'm, I still flick through it. You know, I've, I've looked at it hundreds of times and I still get the same joy. I hope other people <laughs> also get this joy, but I obviously think there's a, just this added thing that this is something that I, have quite literally said I want this from day one yeah um I think I think the cakes themselves um I they came out really nicely <laughs> on the shoot yeah absolutely. And I think what I've done is include quite a nice variation of designs um mm. but and I think also the added like highlight is when people send me their cakes that they've made using my book absolutely so I think just those combined it's just like everything I could have wished for and more brilliant yeah that must be so lovely when people you know have used your you know the knowledge you've imparted and then are pleased and they show you what they've done that must be like just a kind of real 
proud moment for you. Yeah, absolutely. Lovely. So I would love to know what's coming next for Georgia and her cakes. Oh, well, um, I mean, my mind is always buzzing with ideas. Um, but I think what you said at the very beginning is a book is it's a permanent thing. It's not mm. like this book's out and you can't get it next year. And I think yeah. what, how I've designed it and created the book is that it doesn't have a shelf life. Absolutely. And so I think for the next at least year, if not more, I will be promoting the book. And that also involves traveling and meeting people. Um, it's not 100% confirmed. Well, it, it is on email but no contracts have been signed so I can't say where I've been invited to but (laughs) I I have been invited and I've accepted to travel let's say halfway across the world um, to demonstrate in a big cake exhibition in like say South America that's a broad enough area (laughs) and that's also something again that I always had in mind is to travel and meet all these people who have Mm. whether they followed me from day one or have only just discovered my channel or have just seen my book in a shop who knows um I think that's what the beauty is with the world we live in is how small it is and connected and yeah yeah, I think it's kind of like I said it's definitely not coming to an end but it's to kind of appreciate what I've gone through in these last 10 years from the day of walking into Cordon Bleu to having Mm. my book and demonstrating um and meeting people and have and signing books for people like what <laughs> um, yeah. I think that, that's just amazing and yeah. um I'll and hopefully more opportunities like that will will be on their way and I'm I'm a bit of a yes man I <laughs> I say yes to opportunities and I think you know if it's just going to be a coffee with someone you never know what's going to come from that coffee sure, and sure, so yeah. I've got ideas in my head and also I'm excited for things that I don't know that will come. Yeah. Well, well, there's no rush. Your book just came out. So, you know, you've got a bit of time to sort of ride that high for a while, um, of course. And, you know, we are taking full advantage of your yes man nature and we've invited <laughs> you to come and do a demonstration here at Le Cordon Bleu in London, which we're, yeah. we're recording sort of mid-September and you'll be coming to join us on the 4th of October. Yes, I can't um, wait for that. So either we had a wonderful time or we will have a wonderful time, depending <laughs> on when this comes out. I'm sure. No, and that that's, I think, the craziest thing of all, is that I'm actually going to the place where it all started. I know. To, to teach. I'm going to be that chef that I was looking at behind <laughs> with, the, with the mirrors. Um, no, I can't wait. Yeah, it's really, really exciting. And we really love love having alumni back to to demonstrate to current students and just see what they can achieve and you know um and and for the alumni to see how far they've come as well it's just very exciting yeah I can't wait and I love also seeing the alumni from the school as well and seeing how different what different path everyone ends up taking and I think the beauty with this industry is that we're all our individual selves and mm. whatever we end up doing will you know will succeed will maybe we'll end up doing something totally different mm-hmm. and it just gives you this like lovely foundation 
to develop yeah. your own character from. Um, well, this has been an absolute pleasure. Thank you so much for for sharing your story with us and and we're so excited to welcome you here in a few weeks time and um and learn more about your wonderful book and uh we'll include some links um in our episode notes just so where people can find you where people can find the book um and so on but uh georgia thank you so much for joining us thank you so much it's been an absolute pleasure and can't wait to see you at the school soon Thank you for joining us for this episode of Beyond Food and Wine, a Le Cordon Bleu podcast. Keep up to date with all our news and episodes by following us on social media or by signing up to our newsletter. Links are included in the episode notes. Until next time, a bientôt!